might be. Oh, welcome to the Frady Cat Podcast. My name is Kelly McFarland. And I'm Carolyn Plummer. And we're doing really great because we're getting these out weekly now. So how do you feel? I, you all feel good? Do you feel like we're hugging you from afar and giving you what you want? We're on a schedule. We're on a schedule now. It's a tight schedule. Uh, yeah. How was your week? Good. It was good. Who'd you think I was talking to just a minute ago? <laughs> it was busy. You know this isn't a call-in show. <laughs> it was busy. Did a lot of comedy. Uh, doing more comedy tonight. A yeah. lot of traveling. Same. Uh, so, sat in some traffic. Yeah. You know, stuff happens when it's a holiday weekend. I'm listening to a new podcast, well, new to me, called The Teacher's Pet. Mm-hmm. And it's Australian. And so it's the teacher's pet. <laughs> what was that? Uh, yes, if if the Sudbury players are doing Oliver, um, no, it's uh, that's so funny you mentioned the accent though, because everything I listen to on this thing, everyone sounds like a motivational speaker. Like people with Australian accents to me sound like they're trying to motivate you no matter what. Yeah, like, they're always so loud. Yeah, and I can't do the accent at all. I, I can't either. Um, obviously. It's one of the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm a very good boy. That's not, oh, I'm a very Bobby. Uh, yeah, I can't. I want to do it, and I can't. No. Um, yeah, so I'm listening to that, and it's another unsolved murder. Um, this guy, uh, this woman goes missing, basically, and she has two small children, and, of course, they think the husband did it. And he is a very suspicious character. He, like, moved in uh, one of his students. He's a gym teacher. Oh, so he moved in one of his students as the nanny hmm. prior to her disappearing. Yeah. She's a private dancer. Uh, she's something. She's not a nanny. So I just started listening <laughs> to that. And then you were telling me about uh, a show you watched. It was either Dateline or 2020. And it was Dateline. And it's the, the podcast is... And it was about a woman that went missing in Georgia, but there's a podcast about it. Yeah, I think it's called Someone Knows Something. I listened to it. No, it's called... By Tenderfoot TV. The guy's name is Royce something. I don't know. I don't remember the details, but it was an interesting story, and it's solved now. Yeah. It was one of her high school students. She was a beauty pageant slash teacher. She was beautiful, and she was a nice lady, and it was really sad that... That's how she ended up because they didn't solve it for over ten years. Yeah, it's called Up and Vanish. Up and Vanish. Yeah, I he, knew it was like. Yeah, that that podcast is insane. You should listen to it. It's well, I like, listened to some of it throughout the the Dateline thing. Gotcha. And once I already know how it ends, it doesn't make me wanna. Mm. You get all those like in yeah. like inside stuff though, which is really really cool. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I'm listening to for podcasts right now. I've like too many going. Um, and I can't seem to, you're just going to put that glass down and then you were like, it's going to make a noise. Yeah. But yeah. now that you talked about it's it. It's fine. Put it down. Yep. <laughs> Sorry about that noise. Listen, we don't have a producer here. We've told you this before. It's two gals sitting on a couch. Two gals with gams. Two gals. One has gams. This one has gams. And it's just two gals telling stories about things. Um, haunted nonsense. Correct. Um, I woke up the other night after having a dream and felt like someone was standing next to my bed. Really? Yep. 
And I even smacked my husband to wake him, but he dies a little every night. He's like in a coma. He doesn't (laughs) hear anything. And so I swung at it because I wanted it to move. Not necessarily. It would stop me, I think. I felt like a person at first. And then it was, I was like, there's not a person standing there. I didn't feel a physical thing. Um, yeah, so that was terrifying. Was that here? Yeah, at, we're at my house. Yeah. I always think someone's in here. I see out of the corner of my eye a lot, things in the kitchen and stuff. A couple weeks ago, I saw something out of the corner of my eye. And I was like, I definitely saw something out of the corner of my eye. I was home alone. And so I got up and I looked in the kitchen. And I kept seeing something out of the corner of my eye. It was a moth. Oh. It was so- a moth. <laughs> it was legit a moth. Well, that's like, um, in my apartment, I get the household centipedes. Ugh, I hate those. And when they run across the ceiling or something, or across the carpet, it looks like, it's terrifying. Yeah. Because the way they move. And they're always, like, out of the corner of your eye. And they're big. And you can't always catch them. No, they're humongous. Or they look humongous until you kill them. Yeah. And then their legs come off, and you're like, oh. And they're just gross. Like, I don't know where they come from. I think they come out of the sink. They like damp... Dusky places. Well, they, they're br- it's a brick building, and they like yeah, brick buildings. Yeah, they do like that, because brick is damp. I don't know. I don't know that either. I don't know why, but my friend Greg lived in a brick building, yeah. and he always had them, too. It's the first time I ever saw them. I lived in a uh, renovated schoolhouse, member In Portland, Maine, up on Munjoy Hill, and that was a brick building. I didn't know you then. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know me then? Did we not know each other then? I lived in a condo. I think that was right before I started doing stand-up. Yeah, I didn't know you. Yeah. I didn't didn't know the renovated schoolhouse. Yeah, I lived in a studio in a renovated schoolhouse. The rent was $350. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? My rent was super cheap, too, when I lived in Florida. $350 was my rent. I think it was $4-something. I mean, we're talking... (laughs) This is back in the 90s, and... uh, yeah, I, used, I had them in that apartment. It was the first time I ever dealt with them. Yeah, they're creepy. They're just gross and big and like, if you've never seen one, now that I know what they are, they're not as scary. But they move like a conveyor belt almost. They move legs. so fast. It's like a spider. It's like a spider with a spider on his back. Yeah. <laughs> with another spider on his head. Like, he's so big. Yeah, they don't yeah. look like regular centipedes. They're, they look like... Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's like just, three... It's like all legs yeah. with like a body in the middle. It's like three but underage spiders tried yeah. to get into a movie and they forgot the time to code. That's what it looks like. Um, I also went somewhere else yesterday that I felt like it was a little bit haunted. I was in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And first of all, I love Portsmouth, New Hampshire. One of my favorite places. Love it so much. It's and old. It's 1700s. It's so old. You know. Yeah. Port City. Port City. Well, those yeah. are always pretty old because yeah. that's where they... And, you know, New Hampshire doesn't have a lot of coastline, so... Right. They had to have some place to drop shit off. Yes. I went and saw my friend's uh, daughter in a play, Avenue Q. It was very, very funny. Um, the kids' version, so they changed some things so it's around. It's not as dirty. It's a li- it was a little dirty. My friend's daughter had the air hump. Oh, so and racy puppets, dick. but not yeah. dirty puppets. Because um, the original right. off-Broadway one was dirty. It's dirty, yeah. This is the, the teen version. PG-13 um, yeah. Avenue Q. Avenue Q. It was very fun. And we saw it at the Portsmouth Repertory. Portsmouth Rep. 
theater. And I've played that theater. I've done stand-up there for the Boston Comedy Festival when it does outside rooms or whatever. Is and that I, the one that looks like the Coliseum? It's up. Yeah, like it's up. a... Yeah. It's, Yes. It's like you're walking in to battle the lion. Yes. And that the audience is above you. You enter, you enter from underneath and the green room is underneath. Yeah. And that place is scary. It's yeah. very old, very scary. And it's really cool though. It is really uh, cool. I didn't get any vibes from there last night. We went to a restaurant though called Agave, which is this Mexican restaurant beforehand. And it was, the food's great there. You should check That's it out. That's not what the one with the pig head. No, not the... Ugh. Do we... I can't... Wait, we're not going to talk about nope, it. Nope, you can tell them. You can tell Kelly them. Kelly and I were watching di- Diners, Drive-In, and Dives with Guy Fieri and his son. Yes. And we were excited because they were... I'm not going to say the name of the restaurant because that's not fair. I mean, it's but not, they not, were, it's not, not fair. And I don't remember. But... <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> it was a Mexican restaurant in the Portsmouth area and we were like really excited about it because I like Mexican, Kelly likes Mexican. Love it. And they had all these different kinds of tacos and they make all their own yeah. corn tortillas like from scratch. Fresh. Fresh. They grind their own corn. Like we were like, oh, this is awesome. We need to go there. And then they showed a half of a pig's head cooked whole, and they were digging into it with um, tortilla chips. And we were like, I don't ever want to go there. Yeah. I don't want to see that place. I don't want to drive by it. I can't eat something where it's looking at me. You're not even giving like the full thing. <laughs> and now that we're here, I'm just gonna do it. So it's they take a whole. It's either a whole pig's head or a half pig's head. They cut the head in half. Which is, I don't even know how you do that to begin with. An axe, I think. Yeah. So that's a half a pig head with like a smile and an eyeball arrives on your plate. And it's, they call it pork cheek. Mm -hmm. Which you can eat. I've had pork cheek, I think, before. I can't, I don't want to eat any meat. But it wasn't the actual cheek. I just saw... It was just from the cheek. It was already prepared. It wasn't a cheek looking at me smiling. Yeah, like, hey, (laughs) I'm good with tortilla chips. And then you scrape the cheek off and put it on a chip. And I was like, I don't want... I don't like it when a restaurant brings me food and I can tell what animal it came from. Like, I, I don't even like a deconstructed salad. Like, you can't toss the salad for me? You're going to give me a half pig head? Yeah. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to. We went to a place (laughs) once called um, Casa de Pedro, and Mm. it's it's delicious. The food is authentic. Yeah, authentic. It smells so good. And we walked in, and I've been there since, and it is really good. It smelled good. I have a weird thing with smells. I smell, I can't go into certain, if we walk in and there's a smell, I have to turn around and leave. So we walked in and there was a we came in the back entrance to go to the front to see the host, and we walk in. I go, Carolyn, I I, no, no, I have to go because there was a whole fish with the eyeballs, with the eyeballs, which I'm sure was delicious. Yeah, I just don't, I don't like that. It doesn't, doesn't do it for me. Um, So yeah, this place Agave is very, very good. It was delicious, and it's in one of those. Everything is in the old they. They keep everything pretty authentic to the way it was. So the architecture is beautiful in yeah. Portsmouth. And Cobblestone streets yep. and 1700s buildings. Yes. So everything you walk into. Every, 1600s too, some of them. Yeah. Every like 
brick and mortar store, every restaurant. It was probably someone's house at some point. Mm. And uh, yeah, this place I definitely walked in and was like, oh, this is cool. And then we sat upstairs and you had to kind of go up a smaller hallway and it was really, really interesting. I've had a brunch at a place like that. I love it. Yeah. A lot of old churches there too. Yep. The first black, one of the first black churches where Martin Luther King spoke is off one of those side streets. Oh, really? Because they booked a show there, and it has a tin ceiling, and it has a balcony. It's beautiful. Oh, that's really cool. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. I feel like it's Trinity Church. Okay. But it's off one of the side streets in Portsmouth, and it was one of the first... Oh, that's very um, cool. ...all black, like, churches that when... A time when people could right. didn't have that because there was segregation and stuff. Um, but it's beautiful. Nice. I definitely would like to spend more time there. Just, there is no time. Mm-mm. There's no time. There's, There's no, no time. time to do anything. Uh, you just bought us tickets to see something, though, that seems really fun in a few weeks. Yes, it's at the Franklin Park Zoo. It's mm-hmm. the jack-o'-lantern, I think, stroll is what they call it. Stro- oh, we're walking? Yeah. It's, oh. It won't take long. Okay. It's it, They said it takes 45 minutes tops. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a trail that you go down and they have decorated jack-o'-lanterns. And, like, they have professional people that carve these ornate pumpkins and stuff like that. And you can buy them, of course. But it's at the Franklin Park Zoo and some of the money goes to the Franklin Park Zoo and they have seasonal treats. They don't tell you what the seasonal treats are, <laughs> but... I don't know if I'm more excited to see the jack-o'-lanterns or the seasonal treats. I mean, a little bit of both. I just think it'll be fun because it's at night yeah. and everything's lit up and it's dark. and. I don't feel like people put pumpkins out anymore that are carved and lit up. No. You don't see that a lot. No. So this will be one place to see all of that. Right. And they, they also have people there carving and... We had check it out. four trick-or-treaters last year. And I live on a street that's pretty busy. Four. I feel like sometimes if they don't know where the entrance is to your house, because yours is kind of, you have yeah. a side door, you have a front door, and then there's another apartment with a different door. Right. That people just go, well, we don't really know where to go there. Also, my stepson was wearing a <laughs> wolf mask with light up yellow eyes and had a chainsaw that made noise. So a lot of people didn't want to come here. And I guess Yeah, I, that might. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He put it on the other night just for fun. He did. Yep, he sure did. Uh, yeah, and I'm wondering, he's 13 and a half now, and I wonder if he'll do trick-or-treating this year. I doubt it. I think he'll probably go out and do, like, Mayhem. debauchery. Yeah. Debauchery. Debauchery. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember if I went trick-or-treating at 13. I think or if I, I just did. walked I was around. in junior high. Yeah. I don't remember. I think sixth grade was when I stopped going trick-or-treating. Yeah. I don't but think... But in, in Wolfboro, when you go trick-or-treating, you can hit a cul-de-sac and fill your bag with so many, you yeah. know, like, houses or go up Main Street. There's one lady I felt bad. She gave out popcorn balls. Nobody wants that. No, she was older. Nobody likes those. And they weren't even, like, the caramel ones. Yeah. They were, like, the old-school, like, K-Row corn syrup. Oh, yeah. Hard, which would probably be considered kettle corn now. Yeah. Which I don't care for. Yeah. I don't don't like, not a big fan of kettle corn, but they were awful. And I I know that by the end of the night, she probably had a lot of popcorn balls left in her lawn. I used to really like getting a toothbrush. 
Who gave you two? There was a there a was dentist? a family. No, there was a. I mean, maybe it was a dentist, but I just remember as a kid getting going trick or treating and getting like a new toothbrush in my trick or treat bag, and being really excited about it. I was excited about peanut butter cups. I'm really obsessed with my teeth though, so I think that that probably yeah. has a lot to do. I with liked Mallon's bars too. Mm, I liked Crackle. Oh, Crackles are the which bomb. I forget. I like those. I like the smell of candy corn, but not the taste. I can't eat it. It's wax. My husband loves candy corn. He loves it. I know. It's like gnawing on a candle. I love the way it smells. It's pure sugar. Um, I really like a crackle, and I like a plain Hershey's. Mr. Good Bars are good, too. Yeah. Yeah, the little miniature ones have, like, one nut in them. One Any of the miniatures are good. I even like the special dark ones when I was a kid. Oh, me too. But now that I'm older and I know what dark chocolate's supposed to taste like, I'm like, oh, this isn't it. No. It's not good. It's not good dark chocolate. Um, You know, it's it's really... We had a candy store in town, and they had something called chocolate-covered crackers, which sounds disgusting. Were they graham crackers? No, they weren't actual, like, crackers. They were... It was, like, long and thin. They looked like... um, Little turds, kind of. Great. But, like, thin, torpedo-like. Okay. And the cracker that was inside was very plain. Like a, like a saltine, but not really, so it was salt and mm, sweetie. And okay. So they had um, milk chocolate and dark chocolate, and the dark chocolate ones are unbelievable. That's, like, that's a recipe at Christmas time now. They yeah, cut, it's, like, it's candy really, crack or something. Yeah. You take saltines, and you put them on a cookie sheet, and then you basically melt chocolate. You can just use regular chocolate chips, melt chocolate, and then you pour it over and you spread it around so it covers yeah. the saltines and then you can add like candies or whatever you want. Yeah, these were just very plain. But yeah. You could really taste it was the salty cracker inside, so mm. it was crunchy. And the dark chocolate was unbelievable because it was theirs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like their dark chocolate. I was in Starbucks the other day getting a coffee and I love their dark dark chocolate covered grams. I love oh, yeah. those. That would be it. And so I reached down to look at them because <laughs> not buy them. Longingly. Look at, longingly look at my dark <laughs> chocolate covered grams. Hey there. Hey, what up, grams? Uh and I looked down and it was maple maple pecan sugar chocolate covered gram or something That's like just that. Too and many I was like things. I don't want maple. Like you don't need to put maple on my gram. You know what I mean? Maple only goes with certain things. I do like maple bacon. I do maple and bacon. Yep. That's a good one. Like that combo. I like maple in um, oatmeal. Yeah. I like maple, obviously, like with blueberry pancakes. I like that taste yeah, a lot. Yeah, like real maple. Yes. Um, syrup is what we're talking about now. Yeah, maple Apparently. Um, yeah. I know the fall treats are they're good. Pump, a lot of pumpkin bread, pumpkin whoopie pies. I do like a nice pumpkin, but they kind of over flooded the market with pumpkin. Yeah, I feel like we talked about this already. We, like we, I used to really, I used to buy pumpkin spice creamer every year, and I was excited when it came out. Mm. I didn't even get it this year, and the Christmas ones are already out. I don't love pumpkin spice in my coffee. I like good pumpkin spice coffee. Like Trader Joe's has a nice K cup. Pumpkin yep. spice. Yep. It's very spicy and um, not super, like, yeah. fake tasting. It's just more spicy coffee. What did you think about the toasted marshmallow mocha coffee that I sent you I home liked with? it. I liked it. I didn't love it. It's Green Mountain seasonal coffee. Yeah. I like toasted I marshmallow. I like the, um, 
That's the couch, by the way. This, if you the, hear a noise, it's not me gassy. It's the couch. I liked the grog that I got, the grog coffee that I got. Mm. Um, it's At like Harry grog. Potter? No, it's from Cameron's. Oh. And it's like a Scotman's grog or something. Got it's it. like traditional. Mm. Rum, spicy. It was good. Oh. Anywho. What's our yeah. topic? Oh, all right. You want to get to that now? <laughs> Should we talk about our topic? What we've learned about ourselves is that we never want a podcast to go over an hour. I don't know if you've noticed that if you listen to our podcast. I know we haven't given you that many episodes. Uh, however, we can't sit still for more than an hour. We're not real good at that unless you put on like a marathon of murder shows. <laughs> um, or I have a blanket and a snack. So uh, we are... Yeah, we're spending more time chatting, I think, which is nice. Um, if you want us to stop chatting so much, you know, reach out to us on our Facebook page or <laughs> our Instagram. I did post pictures of the I Lizzie Borden. That. I forgot how much this time of year people talk about Lizzie Borden. Oh, God, she's huge. That's the other reason I picked her because this is the time of year. Like, they're completely booked yeah. at the, the inn because people stay there at the yeah. bed and breakfast. Because I looked. It didn't print out when I printed out everything. Because <laughs> right. I wanted to show you that, like, all of October is pretty much blocked off. Yeah. Because fall, apparently, is murder time. Yeah. And time to stay murder at Lizzie, time. Lizzie Borden's place. It's murder time, y'all. Um. Yeah, there's a ton of places. I just saw... And the movie's out. The movie is out, and I really want to see it. We were going to try to see it today, but we have too it much It has a different on. theory about... Yeah, I think what they're saying is that she's gay, actually. Yeah, well, that was a theory anyway Yeah, that's come up. But the theory in the movie, um, from what I've seen from the previews, because I have not seen the movie, is that she was having an affair with the maid. Oh, interesting. But then there's the other theory that she was sexually abused, which there's no evidence of either one of those things. Yeah. I think they're making a lot of speculation. Yeah. And who cares if she was having an affair with the maid but at the time it was right it was scandalous taboo, but we don't care very scandalous uh there's a ghost tour that i just read about that happens uh down on the south shore and people <laughs> don't even make it through the ghost tour really yeah What's that it's that scary it is a ghost tour and it's like i'll find it for you i will I we got time we hang on do that it's like it's mondays and fridays and you basically go and they're saying it's a ghost it's a it's a haunted Massachusetts village and it basically is in Barnstable. So that's not South Shore. That's Forgive Cape. me, Cape Cod. Um it's Barnstable. And you meet on the old prison lawn. Of course you do. Yeah. Where else would you meet for a haunted town? That makes sense. And then you <laughs> visit a bunch of haunted places, including a cemetery. And then um, you actually are kind of ghost hunting. So it's not like you do... Um, so the, it's interactive? Yes. Why haven't we not signed up for this yet? Mm. <laughs> um, I would do that on a Monday. Yeah, you go to this... It's a tour and you go to a haunted cemetery, the Barnstable Courthouse, and the local House of Eleven Ghosts known as the Barnstable House. And then you land, this is the last part of it, in the uh, prison, the old jail, if you will. Mm -hmm. And. Oh, that's looks Yeah, I just nice. showed Caroline a picture. 
It is not a pleasant place. And you do your own EVPs and you sit in the dark for 20 minutes. So what they do is... Um, this deprivation, so, that thing. Yep. One of the scariest spots on the tour is this terrifying old jail built in the 1690s. This former prison is supposedly one of the most actively haunted places in the country. It's the last stop, and you'll get the chance to spend 20 minutes inside the pitch-dark jailhouse, listening and watching for ghosts. As you might expect, plenty of people actually leave the tour before this point due to fright. That would be fun. We should do that. It's only available on select days, and it requires booking in advance. Well, so did the pumpkin thing. It's Mondays and Friday nights from April 16th to November 15th, and the tour meets up at 7 p.m. at the old jail on the grass. Adult tickets, 20 bucks, and kids, why would you bring your kid First to of this? All. First of all, don't please don't bring your kid no. to a haunted ghost tour, unless it's cartoons. Please don't do that. They don't even like the haunted mansion at Disney. No! And that's not... As scary as this sounds. This does have a warning. It says kids under eight are free, though we don't really recommend bringing tots along for this one. My yeah. baby really likes My ghosts. baby loves to ghost hunt. <laughs> loves it. She has a real sense about her. Real sense. <laughs> sense about her. Um, you'll get, with this one though, you get the opportunity to use digital and analog voice recorders, cameras, and sensory equipment to detect paranormal activity but at multiple places in the village. Are there seasonal snacks? I don't know about the seasonal <laughs> snacks. It's Barnstable, which is the cape. So I'm assuming that we some could, sort of I'm sure we snack. can find some sort of shop and buy an overpriced latte with pumpkin spice in it. Mary Lou's pumpkin spice uh, latte. I... Love Mary Lou's coffee. You can buy it online now. I love her coffee. Did you know that? I don't know if it's an actual woman. I'm assuming she's a person. Keurig, you can buy Mary Lou's coffee. Well, I love it. K-Cups. I'm not down on the cape enough, to be honest with you. You can have it at home. Well, I love it. It's so good. I do like Mary Lou's. I do. And I get it every time I go to the cape. All right. We can go to this thing if you want to. It's through the November 15th. Yeah. The November. I don't know why I called it the November Let's find a time and do it. All right, let's do it. I want to do some of these things and then report back on them. Well, that's what I'm thinking, too. There's another place in um, Bridgewater that is, in fact... The Bridgewater Triangle? Is that what yeah, you're... the Bridgewater Triangle. You it's know a vortex. I, I was just talking about this with Bill Farrell. You were? Yeah. Because he, he lives in that area, right? He grew up in that area. Okay. Um, and then and you have he a was... sip of my Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. <laughs> Not sponsored. Not sponsored. Then he was telling me about the jail that's haunted... And he said... Bridgewater? The the one that he works at. I don't remember which one he's Oh, there's a prison down there. I don't think it's in Bridgewater. But we were talking about the jail and how he's... The jail is haunted and that people have had experiences. And then he brought up the Bridgewater Triangle and told me to Google it. But I haven't had time to Google it. Well, I bring up the Bridgewater Triangle because I... There's several places there. And that's an interesting spot because they say that there's been UFO sightings, paranormal activity... Um, Bigfoot sightings, all in this one triangle place, this like one, it's like Abington, it's that whole area that's in that Bridgewater area. Um, there's a giant bird, yep, I paused for effect, it's a bird, like a, I don't even know what the name of it is, but. Like a big, big ass black bird? I don't think so, it's like prehistoric type looking bird. Oh, like pterodactyl? But bigger than that, I guess. Um, Yeah. 
And I think they even, I think I was reading something about it where they were saying that there's actually, they had found uh, a body there at one point. So I'm wondering, like, this is that whole thing of, so do you find someone murdered there? And now it's become and a now it's become a, thing. A, yes, a place. Um, Something worth checking out, though. I think, though, that um, hysteria begets hysteria, right? So, like, am I saying that correctly? Mm-hmm. Am I using those words right? I think so. I think so, too. Um, and that brings me to today's topic. Okay. I just want to point After out. how long? It's been 28 minutes, but I feel like it's okay because this will be actually a quick one because I think a lot of people have probably heard of this. And I wanted to do this for a little while to talk about. I wanted to talk about this. We say do this. It's not like we present on this podcast. We just kind of talk about it. Actually, Kelly is standing at... I'm standing at a podium in my living room. She has a pointer and she has visuals. Slide! (laughs) Slide! My poor husband. She is presenting. No, I'm not. So... This is about the village of the damned, which is dried in New York. Okay, I've heard of this. Yep, it's a town that's near the Finger Lakes, mm-hmm. right? And we've spent some time up there. Basically, that area of New- upstate New York is the most haunted place in the Again, whole world. Again, one of the oldest places. It is so haunted there and so like. Rip Van Winkle. I'm sorry, more information. Rip Van Winkle, the story about the guy who fell asleep. Yeah. That's that part of New York, and they think that's based on something that could be a little Ichabod Crane, all that mm. stuff. Fair. Um, well, I got kind of interested in this whole thing because the ID channel, we love ID channel. You mean murder, murder TV channel? You mean Carolyn and Kelly's favorite show? Um, ID Channel did a show called Village of the Damned, which was a series about New York. So if you're unfamiliar with this whole thing, Village of the Damned or Dryden, New York, is a town that every year they basically had murders happening over and over and over again. And a lot of people who lived there and in the surrounding town started to believe that this town was cursed. And this is not a haunted story. It's more about, uh, what interests me about it is because I am very nervous about uh, demons. Demons, yeah. Negative energy that will cluster in certain places and cause people to do things that are very devious Like the Amityville house. Correct. Yes. So, uh, this all begins... Uh, ugh, in 1989, this begins, and the the Dryden town is this tiny little town. It's very very small, and it's a hamlet, is what they consider it, which is like smaller than a town. Wow, how did you know that? Because I saw this series. Oh, okay. Well, this will be very boring for you. No, or it won't. you can add information. No, it won't. I um, watched it a long time ago. Yeah, but, me too. Me but too. they, I think they call it a hamlet because it's smaller than a town. Well, it's about fifteen thousand people. Yeah. So, back. Um, Back in 1989, it started with a grisly quadruple homicide mm-hmm. just before Christmas. Um, Tony, I think it's Dodie, Shelby, and Mark Harris, and they were all killed in their home. Um, the residents live in fear while police try to figure out who killed them. This is like a sleepy little town. Like, it's near Syracuse. It's like that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we have spent a lot of time... Driving through there because driving up in upstate New York for gigs and shows, and it always is creepy. 
Like, it's just creepy up there. And I don't know if it's because it's quiet and we live in the city or what. it's because it's so stark, some of the places you drive through. Yeah. There's, like, nothing there. Yeah, it is. I mean... Like, you go miles, you're like, I have to pee. Yeah. And there's nowhere to pee. And it's super dark. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just... It's, yeah. And everything's called fish kill when you go over Oh, yeah, everything's fish kill. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't even know what that means. So, basically, it starts out with a four people are murdered in their home. And I'm not going to give the crazy details of every single one of these incidences. Um, but that was the first one. But that was what started it. So, they have this awful, sleepy little town. Four people are killed in their home. And I think it's, like, one of those stories where, like... They were home, and the dad was out of town, I believe, and and I might be, like, meshing my stories no, together. I think that's right. And someone knocked on the door, yep. and yep. they saw, you're going to go into all that? No, I'm not, because okay. there's so many of them. Yeah. all right. Um, and, yeah, it's horrible. And then the town gets visited again in the same year. A two-year-old, Eliza May Bush, vanishes, vanishes in a snowstorm. So, like, this kind of kicks off a series of events for this town where nothing happened, and then suddenly everything happened, right? Like, one murder in a town is enough to, like, make that town upset for many years to come. Imagine there's constant murders in your town, like, every year. So, start, this starts in 1989 with these four people being murdered in their home, and they're looking for the killer, and they can't really locate. Nope. Um... Then, in February of 1990, they feel like they're good. They're like, okay, I think we've got it. We've, we've got this under control. But then, word spreads that little Eliza May Bush has gone missing in, a, in the blinding snow. Um, they search for the girl for 13 days, and Eliza's mother receives one of her daughter's pink mittens in the mail. Um, so, the police start to realize, oh, my God, we're dealing with a kidnapper, right? Um... Then, three years later, the curse, and I'm using air quotes, quotes, of Dryden returns when a young woman named Kristen Clark awakens to witness the terrifying murder of her friend Scott Hume. So, we're, we're like, not even, we've barely hit the two-year mark, and we're already dealing with tons of stuff. And that one, she was, they were partying, and he was sleeping on a couch. Yes. And someone stabbed him. Yes. She woke up to see it happen. Right. And so some of these are solved, right? They're like actual humans. But it does leave you to believe, like, what, what's going on in this one little town? Like, is it is it cursed? Is there some sort of energy or entity in the town? Um, it's like it, Witches of Eastwick. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie? <laughs> yes. Right? Like, suddenly, like, there's something evil in the town and it's making people behave horribly. Um, as the dark cloud over Dryden lingers... Two love stories turn to tragedy, okay? So now we're in 1993. Kristen Clark reels from the horror of witnessing her friend Scott Hume's murder at the hands of another friend, Paul Jackson. Now both Kristen and Paul relive the terrifying events that led them down the twisted path. Uh, Just one year later, Dryden's beloved football coach, Stephen Starr. This is the one where it starts to get weird for me. That one got me. Yeah. The football coach. Yep. Steven Starr crosses paths with his daughter's deranged ex-girlfriend, a boyfriend, boyfriend, excuse me, Jonathan Merchant, sorry. And Jonathan threatens and stalks the Starr family, like, entirely. And this, this was a rough one, right? Because it's like, what is wrong with this kid? Like, what is wrong with this town, right? Um, and then he basically, uh, 
wreaks havoc on their home. He breaks into their home. Yep. And he goes after the daughter. Mm-hmm. And the dad is, like, a really good person, really good dad. Yeah. And he gets killed. Yep. Trying to save her, basically. Trying to save her, yeah. Like, he... But he was beloved by everybody in the town. Yes. He was the football coach. He helped other kids. Like... Yep. He was just a good person. His daughter was the captain of the cheerleading squad. Yeah. And this kid that dated her was popular. He yep. was... He was not, like, an outsider. He became that way. Right. And... I again, I have to say that when you think about all these incidences as a whole, it's like, so these people claim to be fine. So what happened that it turned to them, right? right. Well, I think he had problems. Well, clearly. <laughs> um, so basically, Stephen Starr, he, he's killed in this incident. And then in September of 1996, one month of terror be- brings... The curse to a nightmarish crescendo. Um, and it's the football community once again. So this is where it kind of gets weird. Um, star football player Scott Pace is killed in a car crash after he leaves his football practice. Um, and a man named Ed Bailey commits a horrific act of violence that stuns his whole family. Basically, this guy, doesn't he like... This is all happening within a month's span. So to back up... Scott Pace leaves football practice. He's killed in a horrible car accident. And what makes this weird is that one year prior to that, Scott's brother Billy was also killed in a horrific car crash while leaving practice. So, like, how do these two sons both get killed in car crashes, which is crazy. Um, And two high school cheerleaders, they vanish. They're gone. They're missing. Um, they were missing. And then uh, uh, then October 1996, <clears throat> the two beloved cheerleaders, these two cheerleaders, Sarah Hajney and Jennifer Bulldock, they vanish and they go to Sarah's home and there's it's clearly foul play. So there's things like things are off. The shower, um, the shower curtain ripped, is ripped. There yeah. was blood in the bathroom. Blood in the bathroom. There's like... Broken, broken handle or something. Her cheerleading skirt is wrapped around a towel rod in the basement. Um, so something has terrib- yeah. has gone terribly wrong. Their car was, uh, was stolen. And they find the car in the trunk. Uh, find the car abandoned. And in the trunk, there's evidence that the girls have been in the trunk. Yeah. Um, but they're no longer in the trunk, which is like even more terrifying, I feel like. Um, so that was in that, that it's just things keep happening to this family, which is horrible. And I believe that the person who killed the chillers had been stalking them, stalking one of them for months and the other one was kind of in the way. She was staying over. Yeah. They were having a sleepover. Yeah. Like she, her parents were out of town or something. So she was staying at the house Yep, and he didn't apparently didn't know that she was there and he took both of them. Yep. But he had been stalking this girl and he was a weirdo. Ugh. Um, yeah. The guy that, there's a, there's, I mean, this thing is so big, it's like not even funny, but, um, yeah, the, so, so far, let's recap. We've got a family, family of four who's murdered in their home. Um, we've got, the 
Steven Starr, football coach. We've got the, I'm trying to count, but I can't even do it. There, because I'm tired. The two car accidents. The two car accidents, the toddler, mm-hmm. the, um, and now we've got these two cheerleaders. Two cheerleaders yep. And they're basically like, it's just crazy, right? Like this whole thing. Um, oh, and the guy stabbed on the couch. And the guy stabbed on the couch. Now, the guy who actually had killed Steven Starr after stalking his daughter, he uh, he killed himself. They did it for him. He went to a cemetery and shot himself. Yeah. Which is like, oh, He okay. was a disturbed young man. Clearly. Um, ugh. And then cut to Robert Bergman. He's 29. He was shot and killed at a car dealership where he worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and a co-worker was charged for that. And then the cheerleaders are also still missing, right? And they are, uh, they found their body parts scattered along, um, they were scattered all together. So someone not only abducted them, murdered them, cut them up, and then scattered them about, which is just like, oh, um, yeah, and it was John Andrews, 31, who was the one that they're saying. Who was married and yep. a neighbor of one of the girls. He lived next door, so he could see into their house. Yes, and he was a perv. Right. Um, it's crazy to me because I feel like, again, I understand that these things happen all the time, right? However, how on earth did they happen all in the same little town? Is it a coincidence or is there something in the water? Like, that's the question, right? I mean, that is the question. What or do you is think? it just that it's one of those places where all these people end up because it's kind of rural and out of the way and people think they can go yeah. there and not be noticed? Right. You know, like, isn't that... That's always been the question with cities. Like, do more right. murders happen in the city because there's more people there or because people think they can go there and be anonymous? Like, that's a really good point. That's the question that always comes up. Is it just more people in more one spot? Yeah. So that the, you know what I mean? It just happens that way because of numbers, or is it because they go there be thinking that they can be anonymous? Like in a small town, growing up in a small town, right? Everybody knows everybody, right? And everybody knows everybody's business, and it sucks to a certain extent. But you also feel more safe knowing that, you know, keeping your doors unlocked. But I don't think people do that anymore. No. Like, that whole idea of being safe in a small town has kind of gone away. And I don't know if it's because of the media or the things that happen. Because bad things have always happened. Always happened. You know what I mean? Like, murders have always happened. Pedophilia. Like, all the gross stuff that happens in society has always happened. But we're bombarded with it in the media now. So is it that it's happening more? Right. Or is it just that we're hearing about it more? I think it's both, right? I think it's... There's more people, There's more people. And I also think that... I don't know. I think that... Well, I mean, we both grew up in small towns. We Mm. never locked our doors. We'd be out till midnight downtown sitting on a bench shooting shit. We slept with our doors unlocked. We would go to bed at night. We knocked our, locked our doors at night, but I don't think we always did that when we lived in the big farm. My house. parents never locked our house door. Ever, ever, ever. It was always unlocked. And we had... My dad worked nights when I was young. And uh, 
we had someone approach the house once and my mother had locked the door for some reason and thank God because he came to the door, came to the front door and knocked and was pounding, pounding, pounding. And my mother, we were very little. I don't have any recollection of this at all. And I guess my mother went downstairs and said, what do you want? And he's like, I need to use your phone. I need gas. And my mom was like, I'm sorry, go to the neighbor's house. And he was like, no, I want to use your phone. And he was banging and banging and banging. So my mom, like, made sure the doors were locked. And then it got quiet. She thought he left. And he went around to our back door and was now banging and banging and banging on the back door. And she was like, I don't know why I locked the doors that night. I just did. And thank God. Because he would have just come in. He was, like, rattling the door handle. And um, she called our next-door neighbor. And he was, like, a giant guy. And he always he was always packing. He always had a gun. Um, and so he came over and like took care of the guy and made sure he was left or whatever. And his wife called the cops, but it's like we, and we always locked our doors after that, but we never locked our doors ever. And I never even, and I'm someone who like assumes that someone's going to murder me. I never even, it never occurred to me as a kid ever, ever, ever that someone would be in the house when I got home from school or I, well, I think, yeah. And I think that people are more aware of that. Right. Because sure. of all the murder TV that's on, all the CSIs, all the, the podcast, all, all the, the 48 hours, you know, like yeah. it's more in your consciousness than it was back in the day. Yeah. Like I would never hitchhike. Oh no. No. And you shouldn't have been doing it back then because no. there's serial killers that would pick up hitchhikers, kill them, leave right. them in one state and then keep driving. Right. I always think of the Robert Durst story. Remember he like Robert Durst, uh, supposedly, allegedly, killed his fiance or his wife at the time, his I suppose. Wife. And he uh, went into hiding, remember, and he was down in the southern state and in a southern state. And he, he killed was, his neighbor. He killed his neighbor. And he was living uh, under an alias, right? He was living he just, as a woman. He was living as a woman and he... Uh, <laughs> With very thin eyebrows. Very thin eyebrows. Uh, I mean, he should have gone to jail for those eyebrows. And he... Uh, yeah, thin eyebrows. Were. Killed his neighbor, claimed it was self-defense, chopped him chopped up. Chopped him up and threw him in the lake. Yeah, threw him, put him in garbage or bags. The ocean. Yeah, and threw him in the ocean. I mean, it's like... I mean, I think that not all murderers are, are like... You can pick them out either. Scott Peterson. No. I mean... There are people that... There is one way, like, everybody says how handsome Ted Bundy was yeah. and everything, but if you look in his eyes, yeah, he's a murderer. You know what I mean? I didn't know the guy. I never met the guy. I was like... But I think I would have gotten a vibe from Please him. tell me and our listeners what we should be looking no, for. No, but you yeah. know, you look in his eyes and you're yeah. like, oh, now I see it. You know what I mean? Like, But on the surface, yeah, you wouldn't necessarily notice that. I think there's that whole intuition thing too, where you're like, you got to trust your gut, you and if you get a vibe off of someone, then it's probably accurate. Yep. Um, and and you should trust your trust your instincts, right? Same thing with places, right? It's when I walk in somewhere. Yes, I do think most places are haunted or have some sort of being there besides us. I just. Um, and there's not a lot you can do about that piece of it, right? And you but, haven't done the Bradley Theater, right? Mm-mm. No. The green room's in the basement at the Bradley, and they left me down there by myself. Yes. At one point before the show started, everybody was upstairs doing something, and it got real cold. Yeah. And it's 
authenticated that it's haunted. Mm-hmm. And I was by myself, and I was like, oh, well, maybe they turned the air conditioning on. <laughs> but I know that it that's not what it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I was like, I'm not saying. Where's that theater located? It's in Connecticut. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I pulled the report of this from the paper um, for the initial murder, the four-person murder. And the headline reads, this is from December 30th, 1989, and it reads, Execution-style slaying of family in New York days before Christmas stuns community. Um, So this was just like a few, like a week before. Um, And it's, uh, even the way they're describing this, so this is right after it happened. And it says, on a freezing evening three days before Christmas, the Harris family received the last visitor its members would ever see. Um, one after another, Tony and Dolores Harris, 15-year-old Shelby and 11-year-old Mark were tied up and shot in the head, then doused with gasoline and set on fire. Their partly charred bodies were found the next morning, December 23rd, after a neighbor heard a smoke smoke alarm. Police said that there was no sign that an intruder had forced entry into the house. Um, they were very outgoing people who would open the door to anyone, State Police Captain Carl Shaver said. Police have not publicly suggested a motive. State troopers and FBI agents have been at the Harris home all week searching for evidence and questioning neighbors. A brown and tan van was taken from the family's garage, and it was discovered later in the parking lot of a nearby mall. Police have said that they are looking for a bicyclist who had been seen riding on Ellis Hollow Road shortly before nightfall on December 22nd. I remember that. Um, the Harrises lived in Ellis Hollow, a, an affluent section of the rural town of Dryden, a quiet neighborhood set between Forest Hill, Forested Hills, about five miles from downtown Ithaca, in western New York State. Um, and this this mentions it says people left their doors unlocked and neighbors watched each other's children. Right? Because it's back then. So even as late as 89, people still weren't locking their doors. Um, About the worst thing, if these people only knew, right? About the worst thing that happens here is a car accident in the winter, says Pat Demaine, who lives two two houses from the Harris residence. Uh, Residents now peer cautiously through their windows before answering the doors. People describe the Harrises as active and well-liked in the community. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing because this is right at the, this is the first thing that kicked off this whole thing. And to hear the townspeople talk about this family, clearly nothing ever happens in this town. No. Right? Little did they know that, that this is going to kick off like a 10 year horrible, I think it was actually five years. Um, there's some that say it's 10 years, but I think now you're kind of grabbing at straws that every bad thing that happens. Well, yeah, now everything gets put under that umbrella of the cursed town. Yeah. Long story short, I would highly recommend this, this, uh, series. I think it's really, really good. It's well done. And they do live interviews with people who lived in the town when all this stuff happened and still live there today, which is like, I don't know. I probably would have moved out. I don't know. There was a murder in Wolfboro that's unsolved and people still live there. But I think they don't have enough Mm. evidence to arrest the suspect. Yeah. Plus, that was... Talk about small towns. There were two murders that I know of in Wolfboro. One was a jealous husband who killed his wife's lover but went to jail. Mm -hmm. That happened in the 80s. Yeah. And then this murder that happened that was horrific that they've never solved. Again, I think it's really interesting because... That's my, two murders. Yeah, in, two murders in one little tiny town. But that's 
years and years and years apart. You know what I mean? Like, it's a very small town. That stuff doesn't happen. So my little hometown had a few years where there were a series of suicides. And so I think that, I do think you can be under a dark cloud. And if you don't have, I mean, think about our climate right now in the world and Mm -hmm. in our country. I think that it's just, it's, you know misery and anger and sadness begets misery anger and sadness well it's true and in living in a small town like in a resort town it's very hard to be there in the winter yeah it's a very long winter it's a very quiet existence and i can see why people would get depressed oh yeah because it's a happening place in the summer and then the winters are long dark yeah same yeah, so that can be hard to handle. I think it's interesting that it's always these tiny little towns and there are so many murders in like big cities that you just don't hear about. Um, or you do hear about, but they're like, there's so many of them, they get kind of... Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah. unless it's out of the ordinary and it's not just a body washing up in right. the East River of New York. Right. You know, and it's something sensational. It, you come almost... Not immune to it, but it's like you hear it every day. Right. And we've right. had a lot of stuff happen in the Boston oh, yeah. area lately. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're always hearing about somebody being shot. There was the the guy who stabbed the tow truck driver who oh, was yeah. we water mother. Down. Yeah, recently. And that was a tragic accident. But then you see the guy in court and he clearly has yeah. some problems. And, you know, but the guy, it's just these things happen. But when they happen more often, you kind of wonder why. Right. Right. And question why. I think I, I found this one interesting and I realized it's not a ghost story. It's not a haunting, technically. However, it's interesting because they've really kind of dubbed this town as like a cursed town. And again, a lot of these have been solved. And I think even the even the initial like quadruple homicide was solved it they was they found a suspect i don't remember who it was though yeah it was like uh, his mom was a cleaning lady at their house or something yes, like that and he got accused yes of, but she said he didn't do it yeah she gave him an alibi but i don't know if they eventually yeah. found forensics because it was 89 right right um but i think they found forensics at some point or he confessed long story short again you are if you're listening to this podcast, you would love this show. And it's um, Village of the Damned. It's on the ID channel. I'm sure you can get it on demand. ID is putting out some good stuff right now. So is Oxygen with Missing Persons. Agreed. There was one about a girl in Massachusetts that went missing in the 90s. Mm. And they've never found her. And there's a bunch of theories. And state police is still an open case. Yeah. And it was fascinating. I cannot remember her name. Mm. And I feel really bad because her family is still searching for answers. But it was really... And they were going to do another series on somebody else that... Um, I don't remember that one either. But yeah. they're doing a lot of those shows. And yeah. I find that fascinating. When someone just disappears... Yes. And they know where they went. I mean, it's different now with DNA and stuff. But... um it's so fascinating when they they can't solve it right especially in this day and age i agree how does someone just go right i think i've mentioned this before when i was watching stranger things i 
was like, this upside down makes so much sense because people disappear. I bet they're all in the upside down. And of course my husband was like, um, you know, that's not I'm going to need you to stop watching this show because you're thinking a lot. But I, I do wonder like, where do they go? Right. When people just disappear without a trace. Well, and then sometimes they're just murdered. Right. And they whoever did it is really good at it and got away with really it. good murderer. Um, you're such a good murderer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like with forensics, like that's the other thing. Like if people watch all these shows like we do, they learn the tricks of the trade to not get caught. And a lot of these serial killers are highly intelligent people. Right. So that's why they don't get caught. And they usually, but they also have a flaw where they talk about stuff and sometimes that's how they get caught. You know what I mean? But like that show Mindhunter is fascinating. I haven't watched you haven't Mindhunter watched yet. That yet. It's the guy who profiles. It's based on a true story of the FBI, but he goes and talks to serial killers, and puts himself out there. And he doesn't always necessarily want to hear what they have to say, but they love to talk about it. Yeah. And that's how they came up with some of the points when you're looking at something to figure out if what kind of serial killer someone is. Based on these interviews that this guy, which did. is really really cool, yeah, and helpful now yeah. too. Like, uh, but it's 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 a great show. Like, I don't think season two has come out yet. I will watch some of that so we can talk about it next time. Uh, anything good coming up? No, nothing new except for our jack o' lantern esc- yes, excursion. Our, our jack o' lantern at the Franklin Park Zoo. Yes, we're gonna go see that, and I will go on this ghost hunting tour we could do it on a monday night yeah, actually we could even tour the lizzie borden house and report back on that yeah it's all in that same area too well fall river's pretty far out fall river bridge oh because we're not going to bridgewater we're going to okay the anyway constables i need a map two different directions i mean two different can, directions not really but kind of yes i know what you mean yeah yeah um for all things kelly mcfarland check out my website at kelly mcfarland.com <laughs> And, yeah, we'll be back with another episode soon. And, again, check out our Instagram at the Frady Cat Podcast. And also share this uh, with our Facebook page and with all of your Facebook friends. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get some more listenership going. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye.